You are listening to Get Real Podcast. All right, Dan, are we are we back on? I think we're back on. We're here in the fishbowl once again. I love being in the fishbowl. You know, I have to say, the more that I press into the Lord, the more that I seek truth, the more that I'm really kind of starting to realize that everything does not fit in the box. It's disjointed. It doesn't work the way that we want it to work or that we think that it should work. We've got all these really ridiculous preconceived notions about the way things should happen. Something that I was looking at this week. Glenn, that was very heavy and that was an expensive notion. I know your life. And just to say that and start off with that, that was something that took years, pain, misunderstanding, suffering, new beginnings. That was a heavy statement. Uh, The suffering's not over. (laughs) It's not. But something I was looking at this week that just really kind of pinpoints it, and we're going to get to how I got there in a minute, but... There was this guy named Cyrus, not Billy Ray, <laughs> no achy breaky heart. Thank you. But the it Lord. was this is I'm talking about Cyrus the Great. For those of you that are versed in history and and biblical history, Cyrus the Great was the monarch who ended the Babylonian captivity for the Jews. He let them go back home to their homeland, and actually to help them rebuild the temple, he gave them their vessels back. He gave them money. To go do this. Now, you would think that Cyrus the Great was this great upstanding Jew, that he followed the law to the T, that he was the most moral, upright person that there would be to have God's favor to be able to do that, but he wasn't. He was a Persian. He was not of the lineage of the house of Israel, nor did he worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was into Zoroastrianism. Now, I'm not justifying Zoroastrianism as a way of salvation, but despite all of his shortcomings as a person, God used him to advance his kingdom. Wow. You know what the cry would be today? That man's not a Christian, so how can God use him? You know what I heard in my head? I heard a substitution horn. (laughs) (laughs) You got to kick that guy out of the game because he's not fundamentalist. Not fundamentalist? No, he doesn't follow the Bible. He's not not Christian. Uh, He follows other gods. Not only that, but he also paid homage to the Babylonian god Marduk. When I first read that, I thought that was Marmaduke, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's a dog, I he's think. A dog. He might be. We'll, we'll have to look into that. <laughs> Most critics today would be very skeptical of this man, Cyrus the Great, not a follower of God at all, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But the Bible says this in Ezra chapter 1 at verse 8, the Lord inspired King Cyrus to issue the proclamation for the Jews to return to their homeland and rebuild their temple. So God inspired somebody who is not a Jew. He inspired somebody who's not a Christian. Doesn't this sound like what we've been talking about? Are you trying to say that God chooses and uses whom he pleases? Yes. Mm. Despite their personalities. Interesting. Despite their shortcomings. Oh, and dare I say this, Dan? Despite their sins. Yeah. That's pretty heavy. That is pretty heavy. So. It doesn't fit in the box. Well, it's encouraging. I mean, if you just glance through your mind at all the different people that you know from Scripture, there's some heavy-duty, you know, I mean, the Inquirer would have a lot of articles about a lot of people, you know. It encourages me because 
you've gotten OCD when it comes to your own walk or righteousness. You know, we all have. You start getting heady about it and thinking. But uh, very, very good point. I I still have to say, I still have to fight that. That is my personality. I don't. I gave up, dude. (laughs) (laughs) By God's grace. What prompted me to start thinking about this is a new album that's coming out from our friends in Italy. You you want to go to Italy today, Dan? Yeah, you you know what? Let's let's hop on modern technology and let's just let's talk with somebody in Italy. I'm in the mood. Sounds good. We have with us today. I wish he was here in the studio, but through the magic of the internet, we have Giacomo. I hope I said that right. We're, Jack, is it okay if we just call you Jack? Yeah, it's okay. No problem. <laughs> okay. Even even my friends, uh, even my friends in Italy call me Jack. Okay. Okay. You know what's funny is earlier today, Dan was telling me, Glenn, you don't know Jack. Well, I, I do know Jack. Jack is on the line with us. <laughs> and Jack is the the brain power and the driving force behind a band. It's a progressive, psychedelic. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Metal band. S ninety one. You and had they, me at progressive, but you had psychedelic, <laughs> and then you had metal. I'm all in, Jack. We got all of these different genres, which is really cool, wrapped up into one big um, cannoli. <laughs> I'm doing the best I doing the best I can here. They got a new album coming out. It's coming out on this month, March 22nd. It's called Along the Sacred Path. And I like the title of that uh-huh. album. And I like the background of this because when they put out their first annou- uh, announcement concerning this album, they said it's a concept album that traces the history of Christianity, continuing the narrative from Behold to Mankind that was their previous album. The story is told through the life of some key figures that are not always considered positive by everyone. Wow. So this is a whole album about people that you would say, "Ooh, was that dude really a Christian or God would use that person to advance the gospel? Well, yeah, God's sovereign and he can use whoever he wants to. Uh, That's just what it uh, boils down to. And then in the description, it says the main goal of this album is to show how the gospel message has spread in its original form, becoming the fabric of modern Western society. So the album that's coming out is called Along the Sacred Path. And that, to me, is New Reformation speak. Yes. Right there. Isaiah 58, 12. And they that shall be of thee shall build up the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundation of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths, the ancient path to dwell in. Now, get this. Listen to this track listing, okay? I wish S91 was around when I was taking Western Civ in college. Constantine the Great, St. Patrick, Pope Gregory the First. This is not a pop album, by the way. <laughs> okay. I don't think Justin, I don't think Justin Bieber could pull this one off. Joan of Arc, track number seven, Martin Luther. Love it. John Williams. That is not the John Williams that did the Star Wars score for the film. That's a different John Williams. And, and there's a 10-minute track, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Oh, yeah. Wow. Deep stuff. Jack, yeah. welcome to the Get Real Podcast. It's great to have you on today. Hi. Hi to everybody. I want to ask you a little bit about uh, the band, and then I want to really talk about some of these tracks that you have here and where you're going with this album. The band name is S91. The only Italian that I know is from what I put into Google Translate and Get Out or what I read on most restaurant menus. That's that's about the extent of my Italian. <laughs> so 
Basically, what I've discovered is that S stands for Salmo, S-A-L-M-O, which is Italian for Psalm. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And um, no, nothing special uh, behind uh, our name because uh, uh, when we started, we, we, were, uh, we were very young and we never f- uh, thought we ended up to, to write English songs, you know. And uh, <laughs> and so <laughs> so that's S ninety one Salmo Novantuno Psalm ninety one. That's correct. I actually researched Psalm ninety one this morning in, in preparation for this. And a lot of times uh-huh. we think that oh well that's in the Old Testament, so that's Old Testament stuff. But all I was reading in Psalm ninety one, and maybe it's where the Lord has me right now, Dan. But all I could see through it was God's grace, hmm. just being protected by the Lord, stepping on the adder, uh, being protected from Mm -hmm. your enemies when you don't even know that you have enemies. That's a frightening thought if you really think about it, that there are people that are plotting evil against us right now that we don't even know and we don't even see, and it's by God's grace that we don't see it. And the angels surrounding us that are fighting for us. It's such an intricate, intricate psalm. The lyrics to your songs are definitely not simple phrases, not simple phrases that we'd find in a lot of praise songs that are repetitive. They actually teach a lesson, scriptural lesson, history lesson, very deep, very profound. You learn something. I learned something by listening to your music. When we played that Martin Luther song, that showed a whole different side of Martin Luther and the Protestant Reformation that I hadn't given Mm -hmm. much thought about. How long does it take you to research these songs and put them together, Jack? Oh, uh, how long? <laughs> For me, years, years uh, of uh, of discussion with with my wife and my friends, and uh, a lot of reading, uh, a lot of work behind uh, an album like this. How long ago was it that your last album came out? Build them and kind. Uh, we we published it because build them and kind in uh, two thousand and sixteen. So that is a good amount of time that it takes to put an album together. You know, I yeah, really enjoy the concept of even going into history. It's like I think about you know like old Iron Maiden that I would like and it'd talk about Alexander the Great. It had a narrative, it had a story, it was inspiring. And that's when the whole world was like going into glam rock and all this other stuff. They went their own direction and they started talking about things that would happen, whether it's the the Indians running for the hills or the the Alexander the Great or just yeah. just even things out of the Bible in whatever context they took them out of. So that that's fascinating. Are you a, a student of history even before you, um, you started writing music? Did it just go into writing music because that was an interest of yours? Uh, yeah, I, I really interested in, in history, especially in uh, history of Christianity. And I, and I studied a lot of uh, history of Christianity. We, we, we are committed to put uh, something relevant in our songs, you know. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we have to study a lot because... Um, Classical worship music was uh, rather boring. Now you, you right there with you, We grew up in a Pentecostal churches, and uh, you know, uh, Pentecostals are very devoted people, pious people. Now you know, and uh, they avoid every everything. So when you uh, when when we g- grow up we understand that if you want to sh- share a message you need uh, the right language you know and so 
hard music for a hard message, complex, complex music for a, a not simple message. That makes sense because your style is just, it's not for somebody who just wants a simple, relaxing thing to listen to. When I dive into your music, I want to walk away edified. I want to walk away having learned something. And I want to walk away with a deeper relationship and understanding of the Lord. And you've got the metal sound, it's progressive, and it's you've got the psychedelic end to it as well. Why do you feel that the psychedelic sound assists in the conveyance of the message that you're trying to, to put out? I hope that our listener could, uh, could reflect on uh, their lives and how they are connected to those uh, who came before. And uh, how they are connected to those who will come after. Everything happens uh, for a reason. For me, in my opinion, life is, uh, is not a great battle between good and evil, or, or at least not always. I hope that uh, our listeners could, uh, could, feel, could feel less alone. I could start being committed to, committed to realizing th- something good. Note to self about the psychedelic sound, and this is something that we're going to be exploring in some future podcasts, mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. a lot of times when you say the word psychedelic, people think automatically, oh, drugs, LSD, mushrooms, and things like that. <laughs> Not at all. No. No. Um, the earth is the Lord's and everything thereof, and including the psychedelic sound. And what Jack just said, just something interesting, and I think we should explore a little bit more, is that the reflective aspect of it. It gets you, to, you know, in a mood or an atmosphere. I would say, to think a little bit more. I noticed that when I listened to Pink Floyd. I totally agree. And I think when we sit here, look through the window of our eyes at the world around us, try to interpret creation and God and grace and love and family and all the things that we do, think about it, Glenn, we're limited uh-huh. to our five senses. <laughs> but if you kind of empathize globally with the fact that there's all these other humans out there that are sensing things too. It's almost like you go into kind of a kaleidoscope. It doesn't have to be tripping on acid. You're sitting there empathetically gleaning what a bunch of people imagining what somebody on the other side of the the world in Italy, what are they seeing? What are they learning? What, what is their history? And it's just, to me, that gets trippy in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a perversion of everything. I do have a question, Jack, when you mentioned Pentecostal background, was there a time in your life where you were struggling with whether heavy metal could be a godly medium, a godly um, way to play music, or was there controversy with other people or within yourself? And how did you come about selecting that sort of genre? When I was young, uh, that's a problem in Italy. Problem because churches don't uh, don't understand why. Why you have to play so so fast and so heavy? <laughs> and, but I, I don't know how to say. When you you grow up, you understand that uh, you have to 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 reach people that live out there. You know, you don't have to to struggle uh, just struggle with people who who stay in the church. You have to to connect to whole people. Now, for me, uh, when uh, when I write music, I don't uh, I, I don't think uh, uh, things like uh, oh I, I want to to do a, a power 
I want to do a death metal. I want to do. I just. I just write music. Yeah. I. I. I, <laughs> I don't give. I don't give. Yeah, I hear you <laughs> loud and clear. I know that here in the United States, in the history of the church or a lot of the churches here in the United States, they selected kind of. I would call it maybe 19th century saloon or bar mm-hmm. music. Uh, like this piano type music and that somehow got selected around the turn of the century into the 20th century is that was God's music. So if you're plunking away on an old bar piano and singing certain hymns, that was godly and anything uh-huh. beyond that or anything stronger than that. So it was really recycled brothel music. Okay. And that was seen as holier than something else. I know what gives me kind of a, almost like just a silent way to express the nonsense of that opinion would be to look at a photo of a duck bill platypus. <laughs> and it's in that animal that's in, where is it, Australia or somewhere? And it's this crazy animal. It's venomous. It's, it's weird looking. And I'm like, you can't sit there and make rules that God didn't make, especially no, when God is crazy creative and i don't mean crazy in a bad way i mean wondrously creative so i respect your honesty and expressing your art with what's in you and what i really respect that too because this is a discussion that dan and i have had and something that the lord has shown me over the past couple weeks i'd say within the past month is that what you're doing runs into the theme of prophetic arts of what we've been talking about here yes we love metal that's what's our favorite, you know, my favorite uh, genre. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of okay. other that comes out of that. And when you're really moving in the stream of the Lord, you're going to get a whole mixture of everything because all music belongs to him. And mm-hmm. really, what you're not, when you're moving in something that's prophetic art, you're not sticking in one box. It's not being the, uh, here we go with the, with the box. Mm-hmm. You can't keep God and the way he moves in a box. And that is so evident in your music because it goes from yeah. from one stream to another stream and then comes back. But then what's really interesting about it is it's all tied in to what it all makes sense when, when it's all put together. And I really appreciate that. Jack, out of that playlist yeah. that Glenn was reading of the songs on your album, is there a particular song that is closer to your heart or that you were very passionate about writing uh, above the others uh, Joan of Arc the song I, um, I I feel I feel connected to to this song because um, because you know uh, Joan of Arc in, in Europe uh, is a is a symbol is a symbol of feminism a symbol of uh, nationalism uh, it's strange but when I studied uh, the uh, the life of uh, Joan of Arc, the history of her life, uh, I understand that uh, that that's nothing. <laughs> her life has nothing to do to uh, to feminism and nationalism. It's a story of uh, inspiration. It's a story of uh, of love, and uh, for me is. Um, John of Arc is the better is the the best song of this album. You know, one thing I want to give Jack the opportunity to do, Glenn, if you agree with this, I think it's good because it's 
um, you actually have a very good level of English, yeah. and I appreciate you. I know it can be difficult. I've had to do it in, in other languages. If you want to talk about some things in your own language, we have listeners yeah. that are all over the world. Glenn and I will understand some of it. And I know that you're probably dying because we're hogging the mic you know, <laughs> because we're so excited about these things. And I'm sure you're like, oh, I wish I could say this the way that you want to say it, you know, with absolute fluency. If you want in Italian at any time just to explain some of these things, there's different people around the world that will be able to understand this. So I want them to come away with a very... Um, complete version of what you want to communicate about your band your lyrics about what god is putting in your heart so if you want to pretend for a little while that we can uh, that we can, can actually speak think Italian. that's good. i, I think, think that's, that's real cool. that is cool I, I think i'll actually follow most of it uh, my wife is uh, from a spanish-speaking country and there's a lot of i tend to understand portuguese and italian pretty good so um feel free if you want to talk about the album in italian we, we'd love to hear it and it sounds cool to it us does. it does so. okay so uh, I can uh, I can say something in Italy. Yes. In Italian. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, ragazzi, il 22 marzo esce il nostro nuovo album. Si chiama Long the Sacred Path. È un concept album che parla della storia del cristianesimo e mm, la storia è raccontata tramite la vita di alcuni personaggi chiave, alcuni personaggi che non sono considerati positivamente da tutti, non, ha, non hanno una fama sempre positiva. L'obiettivo principale di questo disco è, è mostrare come il Vangelo, il messaggio del Vangelo, si è, è, si è conservato ed è diventato il tessuto della... della il tessuto sociale della, della civiltà occidentale. E, il, questo sacro cammino è il cammino che molti hanno camminato nella storia, magari anche inconsciamente. Parla di tutte quelle azioni ispirate ehm, che hanno portato beneficio alla storia dell'umanità e, e alla società occidentale, anche se a un primo sguardo possono sembrare inaccettabili, moralmente inaccettabili. Io spero che chi ascolterà questo disco, questo album, possa, sentire con, possa sentirsi connesso con uh, chi, le persone che sono vissute prima e con le persone che vivranno uh, in futuro, dopo di noi. Spero che chi ascolterà questo disco possa sentirsi meno solo e possa sentirsi um, um, impegnato ispirato e impegnato a realizzare qualcosa di buono yeah done thank you <laughs> that was beautiful it is it's really neat sounding i do understand like espero que is the same in in spanish and in several other uh, words and so i understood was... along the sacred path yeah oh, very good glenn <laughs> you're picking up no, thank, jack thank you for that because i i know the feeling i lived in mexico and south america which are spanish speaking mm -hmm. and when i lived there oftentimes friends would be talking about things that i was very interested in but i could only express myself on a very basic level and i was oh i really want to convey a message with passion but my vocabulary was like see no <laughs> it was very small <laughs>
One of the things that you mentioned in the announcement concerning the new album that's coming out, you said that there's dark times in in Europe and in the church. Can you give us, we're not there, we don't know what's going on. Can you explain that a little bit to us and to our listeners who are throughout the entire world? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's an interesting, um, it's really interesting question. And from my point of view, Extreme laicism is a big problem in, in Europe because uh, it, it seems uh, that uh, we are trying to get rid of our past and uh, we are cutting our roots. Uh, it, it's, strange to, it's strange to tell this to uh, American people, but um, <laughs> people here always uh, tell that uh, the Middle Age was a dark age and uh, always make... Uh, uh, a contrast between a religious era and a science era. Uh, my, uh, for me, in my opinion, uh, that's a, an unfair comparison because uh, science and religion are not enemies. And uh, I th- uh, think of it in uh, in the modern times, uh, who, who has to be? It must to be the the science era. European has done the worst things. We uh, think of uh, the two world wars, the Holocaust, uh, communism, Nazism, dictatorship. We have to face our past and try to keep uh, the good things uh, we have done. E- Europe was a cradle of uh, a lot of good things. We have, to, we have to focus on them. Would you agree, Jack? I've, I've heard people say this, and I think it's important that without Christianity in Europe, there would really be no Western civilization. It is what brought about civilization, I mean, Western civilization. Yeah, that's the bottom line. That's the key of the concept of uh, our album. We we have to learn from our history and uh, rediscover our founding values, and like uh, values like charity, hospitality, justice, and love for life. Love for life is a very important value of, uh, of the Western society. Well, I do think there is that connection eventually between the individual, the family, the community, and nationalism. Mm-hmm. Nationalism has been made kind of a bad word, I know, here in the United States. You say that, and then the, the media will try to conjure up um, Nazi. Yes. Or, or some sort of fascist thing. And I've noticed uh-huh. in Europe, I've never been to Europe. I've been all over this hemisphere, but I haven't been to Europe. I know that from what I read and what I hear, it seems like if Italy or Germany or Sweden or one of these different countries did something in their past that didn't look good. Now they're saying you have to throw uh-huh. out your entire culture because you were a bad boy. And the same thing's going on here. We had, The United States has had slavery. We've had all sorts of horrible things. And people want to say, now you've got to throw out all of that. And one of the biggest things that I see about the Bible and the fear of God is when people really understand what the Bible message says, it says that everybody's messed up. Yep. So it wasn't just um, the Europeans, the white people, the, the this color people, the other people, the the German. The, everybody on both sides is really messed up and have done bad things all over. <laughs> and people are using that as a tool to try to destroy proper nationalism, not something that would be 
angry or uh, sectarian as far as getting rid of certain groups, but just uh, you, 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 your family, your community. And nationalism, I believe, is a natural extension of faith eventually. I believe the same thing, and I'm going to go out on a limb, Dan, and say that I believe what propels that push to throw out everything that has to do with the past, both the good with the bad, is propelled by the spirit of Antichrist. Yeah. Because if you throw everything out, what do you have left? You have nothing. So you have this vacuum for this deceiving spirit of peace to come in and say, well, follow my way because my way is more advanced, more intellectual and better than yours. That's a good point. Well, you know, that's um, scary. It, you know, both of y'all, we know the scripture talks about eventually it's going to go towards globalism. It will go towards a one world government, which is, you don't want to be like, it's futile to hold on to the concept of nationalism, but we know eventually as things wind down to the end of the age, it will go more towards a one world government. And that would do away with nationalism. So it's it, very interesting. It will. And I think at this point that we're living in with what we're seeing is we're seeing pockets of resurgence of that and in coordination and not that people are coordinating this, but God is in conjunction is probably a better word with these little pockets of rises of, of nationalism. We see the true expression of the gospel Yes, with it. We see what Jack is doing here. Okay, this album that he's got coming out deals with the issue of Europe's past, the good things and, and some of the bad things of Europe's past. But you get the gospel when you listen to the album. Right. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and, that, and that's what's going on. And that's the exciting thing. Jack, a question. As far as lyrical content and the, the depth of history and the message that you communicate through your lyrics... Do you notice that listeners that really enjoy your music, do they delve deep into the lyrics and do you get feedback about what you you talk about in in your songs from from listeners and fans? That's a good question. Uh, One of my goals I want to achieve is collect feedback and uh, and talk with people. At this moment, uh, very, very few people uh, give us feedback. But I hope uh, in the future people could be uh, fascinated about about our music, our lyrics, and um, and try to to say something because uh, that's that's one of my um, of my goal. Let's talk about your track Constantine the Great. I went and I did some studying on him. Again, as I said, this album has driven me to take a look at things a lot differently. And I hope that as our listeners, as they listen to this podcast and listen to your music, that they'll do the same thing to go back and take a look. And as we were talking about with the throwing out of, of nationalism at this point in time to replace it with something else, taking a look at Constantine's life, some interesting things here. First of all, again, Constantine the Great, he was the one that ended the great persecution of the, of the Christians in Rome. That Diocletian, uh-huh. that Diocletian started. And Jack, you can interrupt me if, I, if I'm if i wrong in any of this. You know a little bit more than I do. He was not a believer, a Christian. He did not profess Christ until he was on uh-huh. his deathbed. So he ended, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He ended this great persecution. He saw the beginning of the persecution, and this thing was bloody. It was called the Age of the Martyrs. The things that they did to Christians, uh-huh. if they didn't kill them, they would put hot irons on visible portions of their skin, they would slit their noses. I, as I was reading this, I was like, you know what? 
Never again am I going to complain about being persecuted at work for my beliefs because somebody said I was a pooky face or, you know, <laughs> anything like that. Uh, that ain't nothing compared to what these Christians went through. And I was thinking about it. Is How that, was your day? Oh, I got eaten by a lion. How was yours? <laughs> yeah. Somebody put a hot iron on my face because yeah. I profess Christ, you know. Uh, and you think about it. This was in the early beginnings, first 300 years of the church that this was going on. And you're like, well, God set up this church. And within 300 years, they're getting persecuted like this. But that was the foundation. That was the strengthening. That was the glue that made the church strong was the persecution that they went through. But some other things about uh, Constantine the Great and some other things that I found out about that went on in Rome, my, my mouth just kind of dropped. I did not realize that the... Roman emperors, the Caesars, were also religious cult leaders. They would mm-hmm. perform, yeah, they would perform the sacrifices to the gods in the public squares and lead in those sacrifices to the idols. I didn't know that. I had no idea. So there was no separation of church and state with the Roman government. And the other thing that they would do, this really kind of terrified me, is that what the Caesars would do, and especially what Diocletian would do, if the local populace was becoming upset with those troublesome Christians, they would just let everybody riot in the streets and lynch the Christians publicly Hmm. just to get it Uh out of their system and to restore peace. Well, you know, that's, that's new information. A lot of that about Constantine for me, I remember I kind of have a weird brain, you know that, but it's like, I'll think of things in kind of a macro sense and not so much a micro sense And at different times in my life, it's almost like I'll have an epiphany about, whoa, you'll get this long panoramic view of history. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I think it was a couple of years ago, I'm in church and I'm singing one of the old great Christmas songs. And I can't remember which one it was. It was either Hark the Herald or Oh Holy Night or just just a beautiful song about the gospel. And Glenn and and Jack, it, it connected. And I sat there going... I received the message of God's grace and I saw it go all the way back to Rome. And I saw Paul going to Rome Mm -hmm. and then the gospel starting in Rome, the persecution, Constantine, the Catholic church, all the different things that happened, the Roman empire expanding into what is now the United Kingdom. Yes. My ancestors were there when the Romans left. And then you have the middle ages or dark ages And then there was left in Ireland a few of these Celtic Christian pockets that still had the word. And then it began connecting and connecting. And I was like, and my ancestors received and heard the gospel because of what Constantine did, because of what the the obedience that Paul had. Yeah. You know, so anyway, you can tell both of us are history nerds. (laughs) We love history. We love (laughs) the lyrics that that you put into it because it gets us excited about the whole the whole viewpoint. Get this. Another fun fact about Constantine. Two more fun facts. He had a Mm -hmm. wife, but they're not so sure Mm. that she was his wife. It's highly likely, according to historians, that she was just a concubine. So they weren't really married? They really weren't married. In ancient Rome, did it really make that much difference? (laughs) Well, you know, to historians, though, today, well, that's not godly if he didn't really have a wife. We got to paint this up and make it look prettier. And here's the other thing. And this is written written historically. And what historians have found is Constantine is controversial because he ended the persecution. 
Uh, the Nicene Creed, I remember reciting that in the Episcopal Church. Mm-hmm. That First Council of Nicaea, he's the one that allowed that to happen. But he's controversial, and a lot of people are like, well, he was a really bad person. He was a horrible person because he lived a horrible life. He worshipped idols, blah, 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 blah. Well, come to find out is that the majority of the controversy doesn't come from historical fact, but it comes from the propaganda of the day. Can you say here mm-hmm. in America, fake news? Yeah. It was yeah. all propaganda against him. Jack, tell us a little bit more about this track we're going to take a listen to. Constantine was uh, a, a controversial figure, a very controversial figure. But uh, he is the one who, who ended up the, um, uh, the persecution of, uh, of uh, Christians in, uh, in the Roman Empire. You, you said before, historians still don't know, don't know if he converted for political reasons or because of uh, the truth faith in Christ. And <laughs> historians don't know and we don't know. But we we love to think that Constantine, as a as a pagan, he was uh, fascinated by the strength of uh, early Christians. That's the bottom line of uh, of uh, the lyrics of the of this song. Constantine uh, walks the sacred path.
something that I've noticed, Jack, is that S91 is out there, really positive metal music. It goes into the prophetic realm. It ties into restoring the ancient path of where we came from as Christians. And, you know, Solomon was right that there's nothing new under the sun, that history repeats itself. And we need to, in order to understand where we're going, we need to know where we came from. But there's a lot of unique mm-hmm. metal coming out of Italy right now. And some of it really glorifies Christ. Uh, I know that one of your bands that has influenced you is, is Sleeping Romance. There, mm-hmm. There's a couple other bands that I've seen out of there that are just, it just doesn't fit normal heavy metal bands like Soundstorm, Raven's Cry Band, Secret Rule, different bands like that. Just a really positive message. Can you explain to us what's going on in Italy with all this sudden rise in bands, metal bands, going more towards the progressive end that have a positive message. We know and we collaborate with many of um, Christian bands in, in Italy. We know Sleeping Romance and we play together. At, uh, we we done a jig together. We collaborated um, with uh, Borders, uh, Inside Mankind, Donnarumma, Enzo Donnarumma, Glory Ensemble. Yeah, there are, there are a lot of bands. We struggle with the uh, public. <laughs> Can you describe that struggle a little bit? Italians love music, but um, and, and love metal music, but th- that's a problem with the Christian music, with uh, some kind of metal music. Very few people listen to to the, this kind of music. So maybe we have listeners out of Italy, but in Italy, very few people listen listen to us. One of my uh, closest friends is from Italian descent and he does not like heavy metal. Really? And he loves almost every genre. Now he'll appreciate certain things like uh sym- symphonic metal or gothic metal and certain slower songs, but it seems like it's a very um emotional culture. Uh-huh. Um pr- that's my opinion of it of the friends that I have that aren't directly from Italy but they're both sides of their family have been from Italy since they came over. And I noticed the same similarities in some of the Hispanic culture. My wife is mostly uh-huh. Spanish and she's not big on metal. Metal seems to be very cerebral, not that it doesn't convey emotions, but it seems that it conveys kind of a a message and then the emotions follow the message. And I don't know, there's some people that, when I think of Italian music, I would think of very romantic, right? very um, just mm-hmm. beautiful, yeah. sensual, okay? About love, about romance, about heartbreak, about just very, very emotional music, and it's beautiful. And I think it's a different part of the brain that metal comes out of. So would you say that the problem or the slowness to accept y'all's art form comes from the fact that it's metal with a Christian message or just metal is hard in general for Italians to to digest? Maybe both. <laughs> okay. okay, that's fair. That's, that's the way it is here, Jack. It's like most of my friends don't like that much heavy metal, um, but they, they like some of it. And then if it's Christian or has a Christian message, it seems like even fewer of them. That's amazing. Outside of heavy metal, what do you enjoy listening to? What types of music? Oh, I I listen a lot of music. 
I love music and I love I love electronic music. <laughs> It's hard to say, but uh, sure. I really I really love I love uh, electronic music. I love uh, indie uh, indie rock. When you say electronic um, music, okay. would that be EDM kind of dubstep kind of uh, what we used to know as techno? I'm showing my age, I guess. It, that type of music or more ambient electronic music what because um, I know there's that's a wide no. genre now oh maybe uh, maybe more ambient yeah okay mm -hmm. yeah not 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 something like disco or <laughs> something right. like this yeah no I love I love rock music and um, I in the past I listened a lot of jazz music <laughs> now I don't listen to jazz also a lot of pop music. My brother tried to to introduce me to hip hop and uh, rap music, but um, <laughs> that didn't go so didn't, well. Didn't work, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Not doing it for you. <laughs> well, Glenn and I listen to a lot, a of, different lot of different things. Yeah, I'll go from jazz to bluegrass to classic rock to EDM, and that's. Yeah. You know, that's the ADD roller coaster. Last, I'm last on. night when I was driving home from work, it was Billy Ocean <laughs> from the 80s. I was yeah. <laughs> that's metal right there. That's metal. That guy will melt your it face melts off. Your face. My sister actually met him. Oh, really? And yes, but we'll talk about that. When we talk to her, we'll, we'll talk about her time that she spent. Uh, she spent a good while talking to Billy Ocean, as wow. a matter of fact. He's a believer. Okay. He, he, is, he, he loves the Lord. It's really kind of interesting. So for our listeners who are interested in getting a copy of this great album that's coming out on March 22nd and to find out more about S91, where can they go to find more information about you guys? And what we're going to do in March is we're going to feature you on the Lithos Cry <coughs> website, lithoscry.com, as our prophetic artist of the month. So where can uh -huh. where can our people find out more about you guys besides just uh, Dan and I sitting over here? Yeah, just search um, S91 Band on Google. We have uh, a Facebook page, a Bandcamp portal, and uh, a YouTube channel. And uh, you can find uh, all, the, uh, all the information uh, th there. And uh, we will share more details uh, in the next weeks. The extent of my Italian and Dan's Italian is pretty much Google Translate, as we said, and the menus that we read at Italian restaurants. So... We wanted to see for sure if the food that we're eating at Italian restaurants here in the United States really is Italian cuisine. I've got some mm -hmm. items here from a restaurant that is not one of our sponsors. Actually, we don't have any sponsors, do we, Dan? No. No. So this uh, restaurant is definitely not a Get Real Podcast sponsor, so here we go. The first item menu, Jack, is this Italian or not? Calamari. Yeah, calamari, it's an ingredient. Okay. <laughs> squid, squid for food. Okay. <laughs> Now I don't want to eat it. <laughs> Here's another one. Spicy Calabrian chicken. Um, I, I think it's uh, an Italian-American dish. Italian-American, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we have, uh, in Italy, we have a lot of... Um, uh, American diners. Okay. So spicy, spicy chicken became a quite common. Okay. Uh, quite, quite common here. Yeah. I, I see how this works. So we go over there, we do things with their food, and then it gets sent back here instead of Italian. That's what I. Uh, okay, I, I see how it works. How about loaded pasta chips? 
Uh, okay, I have I have done a research. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to say no. But 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 in in the south of Italy, people used to eat something very similar. Oh, and what was yeah. that? Um, a sort of loaded pasta. Okay. Uh, pa- pasta with, with uh, other things, meat, uh, eggs. Okay. How about mm-hmm. ravioli di portobello? Yeah, yeah, ravioli, ravioli are very common here. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, so that's authentic. We're doing pretty good. Yeah, I, not I think bad, not this bad. is making me hungry now. After just just ignoring the squid part, you know, everything oh, else. I'm yeah. all over the squid. I'll take, I'll take your calamari. <laughs> all right, how about this? Zuppa Toscana. Yeah, zuppa. Uh, Tuscany soups. Is that what that is? Okay. Tuscany soup. Okay. Yeah, uh, uh, Tuscany is a, is a region in Italy. Okay. I live in, in Tuscany. Okay. Uh, okay. And, and what's in, <laughs> and what's in Tuscany soup? Okay, the the original <laughs> the original Tuscany soup is uh, is the one with um, black cabbage, black kale. That sounds metal. Yeah, yeah. Have a new band. New band, Black Cabbage. Coming up next on the Get Real Podcast, it's Black Cabbage. You've waited long enough. Hey, can we open up for you guys as Black Cabbage? Would that work? Nobody rocks the diner like Black Cabbage. <laughs> yeah, I like I like the sound of Zuppa Toscana. Yes. Yeah, I want to impress my wife yes. by ordering in, in Italian. I'd like the Zuppa. Zuppa Toscana. Please, yes. <laughs> That's good. That is what good. Is, oh, do you have a favorite food? My favorite food once was uh, tagliata with funghi porcini. What once. is that? A sort of uh, uh, raw meat with uh, mushrooms. But now I'm uh, I'm going to um, I'm going vegetarian. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm try I'm trying to uh, avoid meat, but just for uh, healthy healthy reason i don't know my in italy, in italy uh, is uh, all, all dishes uh, are good <laughs> i love everything <laughs> it sounds good I, I know here in the united states italian food or at least what they call italian food here is extremely popular yep. and uh, we equate mm-hmm. italian food with really good food really good food know? yeah it's that's if we're going to eat fancy if you go out for an anniversary or you go out for a special occasion it's usually to the to the Italian restaurant. Yeah. The Italian friend of mine, Chris, great buddy, he goes to a restaurant and his mother and grandmother, his grandmother, I believe, was direct from Italy. So he grew up eating authentic Italian food. And he went to a restaurant, a very pretty high-end local Italian restaurant. And when he ordered a certain dish, I forget what it was, he said, no, 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 no. I want you to bring the sauce you use on the muscles and put it on this. And when he requested that to the waitress, the chef came out of the back and the chef says, okay, where is he? I need to talk to the guy that really knows the way this is supposed to be made. So the the management pressured him to change the recipe for the Americans. Wow. So when he said, no, 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 I need the sauce that's on the muscles. 
on this and the chef came out to congratulate him because he knew what real italian food was so oh, that's, that's awesome. good that's really yeah <laughs> jack do you have yeah. any questions for us about the united states or anything over here i just want to say thank you thank you to all um, all americans all proud americans uh, reformation in italy never took off in the history and so Protestant uh, Protestant churches um, become uh, quite famous um, just after the Second World War. Mm. This is because uh, American uh, American preachers come to Italy and start to preach. And my father became a Christian due to American pastors who, who start to preach in Italy after the war. So... I have to say thank you to all proud Americans who decided to to came in Italy, and uh, thank you to <laughs> Americans, to United States, and God bless you, God bless Europe, and God bless America. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jack. And Jack, thank you for Constantine and the Roman Empire <laughs> yes. for sending Christianity <laughs> to Ireland and England, and that's how we got it. So thanks all the way around. It doesn't fit in the box, Dan. It just yes, doesn't, it doesn't fit. fit in the box. We need a bigger box. No, we don't. Jack, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Jack. Appreciate it, and yeah. uh, many blessings on you and S91. Thank you, guys. Thank you for your interesting questions.